Hi, and welcome back to season two of the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We are so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. We want to make our content even more accessible to all of you. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalog of stories, testimonies, and inspirational content that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing gathered news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. And as you listen, we encourage you to lean in and learn from some truly incredible women. Rachel Snyder is an incredible human. She began her career in public relations, but a few years ago decided to take a step of faith and launched her own business as a private chef. Now she is the owner and chef of Rachel Snyder Hospitality and loves to host pop-up dinners all over NYC to create connections and relationships between people in a crazy busy city where that can sometimes be so hard. In addition to her curated pop-up dinners, Rachel also specializes in private in-home dinner parties and artistic grazing tables. Rachel spent years counseling restaurants and chefs as a publicist securing stories and recipes in the New York Times, New York Magazine, Wall Street Journal, and more. Rachel has an incredible story and a heart to match, so I'm going to let Rachel tell the rest. Welcome, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm thanks so for being to be here. here. Yeah. We're so excited. Um, okay, so Rachel, we love to start with uh, just a little bit about the upbringing of our guests. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you feel like maybe your upbringing has shaped the things that you do today, the what you do for work. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I am from Seattle originally. So the Northwest is like deeply rooted in me, but I have been in New York for about five years. And <clears throat> as soon as I came to New York, I was like, this is it. Like I just fit in so well here. Um, but yeah, I grew up with like a love for hosting. Honestly, like I would always like in high school, I would be like buying martini glasses and like daiquiri glasses <laughs> at like Ikea and like bring them home. Like my mom was, I, was, I was like, don't be concerned. I was like, we're making mocktails, but I would like throw <laughs> these like elaborate, like themed parties for yeah. my friends. I'm like, it just was like such a love of mine to like host people. And like, just like bring my circle of friends together. My circle of friends was like super diverse in high school. So it was just like always so, so beautiful. So I just like got a love of, yeah, hospitality and and then cooking. We would get like these like, you know, CSA boxes like in, um, in the mail and like from different farms. And so I would have to figure out like, okay, what do I do with like eggplant, you know, like in high school. And so that just like pushed me to be more creative and, um yeah so I just like grew up just exploring a lot culinary wise and and hosting and yeah so good wow I love that so cool to see like that woven through just like into what you did and then and then but then tell us about how you got into PR because that was your first sort of career well, I started as a business major. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then literally my, my math teacher like sat me down in, uh, I did, in, in Washington state, they have a program where like, if, if you want to attend community college in your last like two years of high school, you can do that. So I, I have four, 
for for went for for goad um high school and went to community college cool. instead um so yeah so my professor sat me down he's like you know rachel i don't think like business like marketing and business accounting all, all these classes like are are for you i think you should go and i was like you know what what can I do? I like, I love, like, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to learn business, but I was like, but I love writing and I don't, I, you know, math wasn't my like skill. And so, um, someone actually at my church growing up was like, Oh, you know, I work at like a PR agency. Like maybe, maybe you would think about like doing PR. And so I shadowed him and I was like, wait, this is like all stuff about business that I love, but it's like, um, writing focused. Yeah. So I majored in PR and then like straight out of college, like got my dream job um, at one of the biggest agencies in the world mm. and realized after working on software PR for mm. like a year, I was like, I can't do this. All I care about is food. And what I really wanted to do is like be around chefs, like mm. not just like food companies. Yeah. Um, and I knew that like, gosh, if I really want to work with chefs, like hands-on, mm-hmm. I would have to live in a place like LA or New York. And I had gone to school in LA and I was like over it. And so I was like, I think I need to like take this to the next level and just mm-hmm. like go to New York. So that's kind of like how I ended up here and specifically applied for mm-hmm. like agencies that only work with chefs and restaurants. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, so then like I moved here without a job, but had been applying to like all these different agencies. There's really only a small mm-hmm. like pool, but yeah. Um, and got like a, a dream job at a small agency working with chefs and restaurants, like right away mm-hmm. and have been doing that for about four years. Wow. Yeah. Love that. So cool. Um, and so tell us about just like stepping out. And, you know, taking that leap of faith to start your own thing and leave something secure and just like how you knew it was that time to transition and that time to just like step into something that you really didn't know what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I get that question a lot. Like people are like, how did you know it was time to leave your job? You know? And I, I honestly, it's like, I couldn't explain it, but it just felt like, but actually like the defining question was from my dad. And he said, he said, like, as I was deciding to leave my job as a publicist, like, you know, like what if, you know, what if they offered you this? What if they offered you this? What if they offered you like more money? And like, that was like the moment where I realized it was, it like crystallized the discontent. Like, Mm -hmm. it was like, wow, I really don't, like, I, I feel like the only thing I want to do mm-hmm. are these dinner parties. And mm-hmm. I had started, so some backstory, I had started doing dinner parties, like, a few years into New York City. Mm-hmm. And I started this dinner club with my friend because it sounded really fun mm-hmm. for people that love food. And I thought about, just like, oh, I know this guy who was a chef at a michelin star restaurant, and now he's a stay-at-home dad. And I was mm. like, what if he could cook this, like, amazing five-course meal for these people around a table that would focus on, like, really, like, in-depth conversation, like, like honest, yeah. authentic, real conversation that people crave in New York City but never really get. Right. But, like, yeah. I, had, I had really experienced yeah. that kind of community through my church. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I just want the world to like experience what it's like to be known. Yeah. Um, 
And so we like, my friend and I created like a topic of conversation and it was beautiful. Like our first dinner that we did, it was like 12 people. And it was all about this conversation around like the process of like winemaking and um, about how, like, what is the crushing and the pressing of last oh. year, like producing for you in this year. And what people shared was like, so incredible. Um, but that guy, the chef, he was like, ah, that's great. You're starting a dinner club. Like give it a few months and like, let me know how it goes. And I was like, oh, oh, um, I guess I'm cooking for 12 people. And literally it was like no effort at all. I created like five courses and I did all the, I researched a ton, did all these wine pairings. And at the end, my friends were like, what? We didn't know you could do that. And I was like, I didn't know I could do that. And then um, those just eventually evolved into, yeah, like bigger pop-ups and dinners. And I would bring in a crew, rent out a restaurant and all that. And then I was just like, I I got to the point where I was like, I I don't think I can maintain a normal job and do this at the same time. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. (laughs) That's like, it's so funny just hearing you talk about this because like, that's exactly like almost exactly how we gather started too. Just like noticing a lack of like vulnerable conversation and just the the place in which to do that and to enter in. I know. I remember like when you and I first (laughs) met and I was like, I feel like I'm talking yeah. in the mirror like I feel like we it's use like all the same everything phrases. you like, just said it's like right what I like, think on a daily basis authentic conversation Interesting. Yeah. like making people feel known yeah. like those are just like our highest okay. values yeah yeah, fine. yeah so that's why I love what you do yeah Laura. so good um cool okay so we are in a series right now as gather called Be Well, talking about like the agency we have over our health. So what does that look like to walk out wellness? What does it mean to really pursue like a, a, not just a healthy lifestyle, but a healthy soul, a healthy healthy relationships, healthy you know, mental health and all of that stuff. So I want to talk to you about food. So you are obviously work food all the time um, and you're a chef. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's inevitable. So what, <laughs> tell me about a little bit about like how you come up with new recipes, the kinds of things that inspire you creatively around food. And um, yeah. And how do you, and this is a part two, it's like a sub question of just mm-hmm. like, how do you uh, value and like input sort of nutrition into the things that you're doing and creating? Mm. Yeah, such a good question. I, I really where I get a lot of inspiration honestly is like color like I always like want to make sure everything I do is just like vibrant and I just get so amazed like I don't know if you ever feel this way but like when I think about like a carrot and that like it like when you roast it it tastes like really sweet you know and and like but then like you could like roast an eggplant and it would just like have a completely yeah. different texture and also color and yeah. like the fact that like both of those came from the ground yeah. like just like blows my mind when i think about it on like a granular yeah. level and so i just like i get amazed at like wow i really want to like highlight this v- vegetable or something because like mm. it was it's just so unique and mm. i want people to like taste cool. it for what it is yeah. So, um, but I mean, there's like a ton of chefs that like I follow and that I get inspiration from yeah. and, um, Yotam Ontolegi is like one of them. And, 
uh, he like cooks with a lot of produce and everything. Just yeah. like, it's very like visually appealing. And, yeah. Like yeah. I like love yeah. cooking. Yeah. So talk to me about like nourishment because this is something you talk about a lot and you are looking at it more from like more holistic than just food like you're you talk about you know with your dinners you're creating nourishment for the soul and the heart and the mind and like for relationships so can you talk to us a little bit about just like the connection between um you know food and conversation and sort of like what it means to you to sort of nourish more than just the body in these spaces yeah when I think of creating food for a dinner, I think like it, it has to serve as like a conversation starter, like, like, or, or even like an amazing wine should serve as a conversation starter. Like, Oh my gosh. Like I recently had a a great bottle of wine with some friends and it was like literally every like 10 minutes, we just like went back to like talking about the wine. Like it was just like, it served as like the centerpiece, you know? So yeah. When I think about like, nourishing people's hearts and bodies through food I really think like the food is just a vessel a lot of times like for conversation so I'm always always thinking about it as like the centerpiece but I do you're right like I do like in in regards to like nourishment like bodily like I, I really do have a respect for using ingredients that are like from the earth yeah. and natural and very mindful of like yeah what people are putting into their bodies that I'm not like that I'm they're like I'm kind of like I've been entrusted with someone's health or like someone's night you know when they step into the room and so like it's my job to like feed them well and not put things in their body that I wouldn't want to put in my own you know yeah um yeah yeah I think you know, with your dishes, like they're so brilliant. Like I'm always just like watching you create things and I'm just like, how did she come up with that? (laughs) You are so creative in the things that you do and the way that you put things together and just like how it all, it all, yeah, it all just makes such a beautiful, (laughs) more than just like visually appealing. It's also extremely tasty. Rachel is a great cook. Everything she makes is delicious. Even when we're just having lunch and like working from home together, she's like, here's this elaborate salad that is like the best thing you're going to eat all week. Um, Amazing. Okay. So I want to transition to something a little more personal. Um, As we talk about food, you, I know this because you and I are friends, but I think I want to talk a little bit about how your relationship to food has played into what you do. And I think, you know, for our listeners, and I'll just like speak personally too. I have dealt off and on with an eating disorder and it has been a really hard, it's just, it's hard. I mean, it, it is, it affects every area of your life, but I think, you know, it's interesting to, to think about our relationships to food, our relationships to our own bodies. And so I want to know for you what that's looked like. I want to know how you've walked alongside food and your relationship to it and just how that's kind of you know, what, what that's been like for you. Hmm. Yeah. Well, like you said, I, I have also dealt with disordered eating and, um, I, it's funny because I never chose this path of like becoming a chef. Like, I just feel like it just happened. 
Um, and I, I don't have any formal training as a chef. I just like started this dinner club because yeah. I loved food and here I am. And it's so interesting to me yeah. that like my greatest passion would also be my greatest weakness yeah. for real. Yeah. <laughs> like I, it wasn't until I moved to New York that I actually discovered that I had some addictions to exercise and, and literally ever since then have experienced like almost every kind of disorder eating under, under the sun, mm-hmm. um, that you can imagine. And, uh, it's, I realized like one, it was like holding me back mm-hmm. from being social. Like at first it was like truly holding me back. Like I wouldn't want to go out with people. I wouldn't want to have an extra glass of wine. I wouldn't want to, you know, whatever, because like, I would be afraid that I would like consume more calories and gain weight. And that was all tied to like some yeah. deep rooted fears of mine. But, um, yeah. Sorry. Long pause. Um, so, okay. So that's, so it's interesting, right? Cause you're, you're talking about how like, something that is your greatest like passion is also something that is your greatest struggle. And so can you speak to like, just maybe the way you've seen that like be used in your own life or how that's been like sort of walked out or healed or maybe in the process of healing. Like, I think it's interesting to talk about like the way that sometimes in life are some of the hardest things we carry are also like our greatest strengths and the things that we have to be involved in the most. And so I'm just curious as to how that looks for you and sort of that juxtaposition. Yeah. I think around a table, like when I'm at dinner or something, like it's so easy to be so, like I said, like the, the, the food should be the centerpiece where yeah. it like serves as a conversation starter, but it shouldn't be the thing that's like consuming your mind, yeah. you know, yeah. whether it's something right. that you feel like you're not supposed to eat or, um, yeah. or just like, yeah, just like focusing too much yeah. on the food in front of you and not the people that you're yeah, with. Wow. And so I, yeah, so I realized, man, like I'm thinking way more about the food than about the people mm. I'm with. And that made me sad. Honestly, it broke my heart. Right. Like I, yeah. And I also was like restricting myself in a lot of ways yeah. from enjoying yeah. quality moments with like tastes and flavors that I like never allowed mm-hmm. myself to eat because I was so right. consumed with fear right. and I think you know it's been a it's been a long journey and I'm definitely not it's it's not like a linear path yeah you know like yeah. I wouldn't say like I am healed I'm not right. standing yeah. before you just like yeah. yeah but I do I I did have to like put steps in some or practices into my life to help root out some of the fears, um, that like, like kind of like debilitated me from living life to its fullest. And, um, one of those was like completely like fasting from exercise, which is so opposite to like what people would think, right. When you think of fasting, um, for me, it was like, I had to fast from exercise to actually like get a right relationship with food. And, um, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But I would say um, a lot, and maybe you can relate to this, Lauren, but I feel like anyone that's like 
struggled with like disordered eating, it's like, it's, it just becomes so much about your body image and like what other people yeah. think of you. Yeah. And like, you know, yep. and, and like in any given situation, I would be, maybe I would be like at the front of a room and I would be like giving a talk, but I would be so consumed with like what people were thinking about me, like about my body that it would like, like I wouldn't even be present in the moment yeah. because I'd be worried totally. about like, yeah. Um, yeah. Which was crazy. Cause I was like actually like super underweight at the time, yeah. which is just, it's, wow. it's just so sad. Um, and so the other practice that I have kind of implemented, and it's funny cause we talk about food, but it's yeah. just all so food is so, like you said, it's so essential to your life. Mm. It's just tied up in so many other things. Right. And the other, yeah, the other practice I had to implement is just like, reorienting my mind to truth in those moments like what is actually what actually matters in this moment is is it that someone's looking at my body because it really shouldn't be um the amazing thing is that I'm like being given a platform right now I'm able to speak in front of these people and like the the negative thoughts were or the critical thoughts were like preventing me from living out my calling and being a confident woman and like that is like a daily surrender I would say it's like a daily practice of being like what am I doing that's like yeah contributing to my calling like yeah. that's amazing yeah. I should just be in the in that yeah <laughs> um yeah they make us like very much turn inward and it's like it's interesting because yes. it's like it's so I feel like eating disorders are very fed by like I mean depending on a case by case basis I guess but like they're almost like they're almost fed by like people's approval or like comments and I think it's made me think mm, so yes, often about wow. like how much I compliment or affirm people based on their appearance because you just like starting to realize like you actually never know what maybe you're fueling that's not good right so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I just like have been really trying to be more conscious of like complimenting or affirming people based on like their character or their value or like things that I see them doing like emotionally or spiritually or whatever um or in leadership and so because I, yeah like the physical is just really tricky and I think for a lot of people you just don't know maybe what you're like speaking into that like is actually like a stronghold or that like needs to be like dealt with. So I don't know. I think that's Mm -hmm. just been something I've been thinking about lately too. But, but yeah, like what you said, like you're, you're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about like your own stuff and it's like taking you away from the people in front of you and like really turning you the wrong direction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, there's been times where I feel like I'm like, Oh man, I'm like out of control in like, eating or like I'm out of control in this way and like the opposite of that is control and so the opposite is like going to the other side of the spectrum and just like controlling everything and like but it's like it's like forgetting about those things and like being I know people talk about mindfulness and being present but it truly is about reminding myself about my purpose like what what is the good that I'm doing in in life right now what yeah and are those things associated with food? Yeah. All right. So I can, I can be free of yeah. like the worry about like, what am I going to eat for lunch? Right. Or like what, right. what's on the menu? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you how many <laughs> menus I used to study before wow. going to a restaurant. 
and like wow. in fear of like, or like about thinking like yeah. just be, being obsessed with like, what am I going to eat? Yeah. Or like, what am I going to find that's like low calorie wow. or like, you know, whatever. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Wow. yeah. So now I find going out is a much more enjoyable yeah. <laughs> experience. Just like being up for the adventure. Like, yeah. don't you want to be that kind of a person? Yes. You're just like, yeah, I'm down to go to yes. the Let's check yeah. it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So good. So is there anything just in that, in, in your experience and walking this out now as a chef and dealing with this, you know, food all the time? Um, for someone that might be going through something similar with disordered eating or just feeling like their relationship to food is really broken or their relationship to their body is complicated. I mean, I think we all have complicated relationships to our bodies, but what would you say? What would you speak into, you know, so maybe a, a woman who's walking this out? Yeah. I mean, I think like the first, the first step is like awareness and just like admitting like, gosh, yeah. like I think I do have a problem with this. And oh, there's so many helpful questions yeah. to like help you get, like, I didn't even realize like my addiction to like, you know, always like being able, always like chewing gum and like mm. drinking sparkling water. I didn't realize that that is like an asphyxiation oh. of like having something yeah. in my mouth all, constantly, you know, yeah. and like, or like eating when I'm not hungry and like all these things. And that's real. Like we, we really do struggle with those things because they're a distraction. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, yeah, I, I would just say like, just like being aware, like knowing the cues of yeah. like, when am I, when is my mind being consumed? Yeah. Um, and actively renewing, yeah. I would say renewing your mind yeah. in those situations of like what really matters in this moment. All right. Do I actually need this thing? Mm-hmm. I, maybe I don't. And what can I focus on instead? Mm-hmm. The people I'm with or even, you know, praying yeah. or, um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's not the, the answer is not more control. The answer yes. is that's good. surrender. Yes. That's so good. Wow. That's the quote of the quote of the podcast. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, the more we like try to grip something or the more we try to control something, it's like the less control we usually have over it because (laughs) we find that like our own strength actually doesn't get us much anyway. So it's easier to just, it's better. There's much more freedom in just surrendering it. So that's really good. Totally. So good. Um, cool. Well, I think I just have one more question for you. Um, this has been so good and just like, your journey is so inspiring and I'm sure will inspire so many to just like see something that they, you know, cause you, I, I love that you were noticing a need. You were like this, what, like you didn't just like want to do something. You like saw that there was like something that people maybe were missing or were longing for that they weren't finding and weren't getting somewhere. And so then you went and created it. And I think that's really beautiful to like have eyes for what might be necessary in the people around you and, and go do it. And, you've just like grown so much as a, as a person and a chef and just the short time I've known you too. Um, mm. so it's been really sweet to watch, but I think my last question for you really is just how do you protect your mind? How do you protect your heart? Um, just when it comes to like, like as we talk about food, as we talk about body, as we talk about, you know, the things that you're doing, how do you, how do you protect your mind, protect your heart when it comes to like sort of culture's obsession with like appearance and what it means to be Mm. beautiful as a woman. Like I, I think, you know, 
I'm just curious to hear like some of the things that you do to really like protect what's precious in you. And and, yeah, does it make sense? Yes. And I will say unfollow every unhelpful account. Okay. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Say it again. Honestly, like for myself, even the people that are promoting body positivity, sometimes for me personally, is just not helpful because Mm. I'm reminded that people out there are focused on bodies and not on relationships. And I'm like, gosh, I don't even want that to be a thought. I don't. Um, And, and a lot of, I think a lot of like the health food accounts that like promote, like um, just like healthy recipes that are like diet focused. Mm -hmm. I I just, I just have to unfollow them. So I am always on Instagram for my job yeah. and like posting amazing, you know, food and everything. And, um, that's such a trap. Yeah. Like I will find myself late at night sometimes like being yep. like, I don't know, just like going down. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you totally get it. Yep. Yeah. The rabbit hole. Yep. So, um, that's definitely something that I have to be aware of. Yeah. And I will say even just like thinking about like, what can I be doing right now and not on Instagram? Mm. It's like so helpful. So, Wow. Yeah, that's definitely something I so yeah. Good. <laughs> so good, Rachel. Thank you so much for sharing your story and talking just vulnerably about some of the things that we walked through and you walked through personally. And I just love you and love talking to you. So this has been Aww. so good. Do you have anything else you would like to say or share um, with the girls or with the men too that are listening? <laughs> yes oh my gosh well Lauren I just like it's honestly like so it's been so cool to like say some of my story and you're like oh yeah like I Mm -hmm. I've experienced that too and just like how many times I've vocalized my own struggle and other women have been like yeah me too which is just like sad and I just think um like you said like culture is a liar culture is absolutely like oh it just kills me sometimes um it just it just robs us of our joy and uh we are meant to like live as souls in bodies but it's not like about our body and and also just like enjoy the good gifts that I would say God has given us Mm -hmm. like um good food and good wine and not being afraid to like enjoy what's in front of you and knowing that like one like yeah it's people people like love you for who you are that's what I want to say um yeah Yeah. this is just yeah so thanks for wanting to talk about it and I just hope that anyone listening that um just like even if you're starting to realize maybe you struggle with food or or a friend that does like um yeah just know that like the journey is not linear it is yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like two steps Totally. Back. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you're not progressing. Yeah. Yep. It's always like upwards, but maybe it's like sometimes it plateaus or goes down, you know, I don't know. Or it's always, I yeah. Know, <laughs> it's always moving forward. <laughs> Amazing. Forward, and my prayer is always like, at least if I've gone through this, yeah. like let it be helpful for someone else. Amen, girl. Amen. So so good well thank you rachel for everything this has been so good we're so glad to have you 
to all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our gather news on our Instagram at girls who gather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also, remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There is always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. You are so loved. Until next time, bye Gather Girls!